0: Hey, Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News, February 25th, 2021. Stand up for your country. So there is trouble ahead for America, and that trouble is on the southern border. So let me go through it with you right now, because no one else is reporting this story. So President Trump had a, quote, remain in Mexico program. You may remember that. It was formerly known as the Migrant Protection Protocols, MPP, took effect January 2019. What it said was that certain foreign individuals entering or seeking admission to the U.S. from Mexico illegally or without proper identification may be returned to Mexico to wait outside of the U.S. for the duration of their immigration proceedings. All right. Now, that meant that if you were caught illegally crossing this border, even if you were seeking asylum, you were a so called refugee, you would be processed by Border Patrol agents, but immediately sent back to Mexico, where you would wait to see what happened in America. Now, that program stopped most caravans and mass. Migration to the southern border from Central and South America because people didn't want to wait in Mexico and they knew that they had to by this program. Well, Joe Biden has changed that. Now, remember, Joe Biden's only been in office 36 days, but he's changed everything at the southern border. So now there are 25,000 migrants approximately waiting to apply for asylum right now, right this minute. Most of them are in Texas, on the Texas border. Okay, so Donald Trump said, we don't care where you are. You're not going to wait here. You're not going to be admitted to the USA. Joe Biden says the opposite. We are going to admit you to America, and you can stay here in this country at our expense, taxpayer expense, and wait for your asylum hearing. And even if we catch you coming across the border illegally, right, even if we catch you. All you have to say is, well, I want asylum, and you're in. So no more returning back to Mexico. So the Biden administration believes that about 125,000 migrants will come into the country this way for the rest of this year. I think it's going to be more than that. But they say about 125,000. They've already admitted a few in, not many. This is just starting. It's just underway. Okay? Now, at this point in America, there are 1,300,000 pending asylum cases. 1,300,000 that the courts have to sift through. Oh, it's going to take four, five years before you even get a hearing. And then, are you going to show up for the hearing? We don't even have accurate stats we're looking for about how many people show up for asylum hearings. Why don't they show up? Because last year, 2020, 74 percent of all asylum requests to America were turned down. Seventy four percent. And people know that, and they don't want to go back to Honduras or El Salvador or Guatemala or Panama or any place So they know they have a one in four chance of winning that asylum. Remember, political asylum means you're being persecuted by your home government in a political way. Not by a drug gang in your neighborhood, not by your brother-in-law, not by people you may not like. That doesn't come under the heading of political asylum. Now, do the migrants understand all this? No. They don't really. What they do understand is it's not easy to get political asylum status in the USA. So, right now, we have a system that is on the verge of collapse because the open border people, and that's what this is all about. So the far left progressive movement doesn't want any restraint on the border. Everybody who wants to come should be able to come in their opinion. Joe Biden, I don't know what he wants, what his vision is, because he's never said anything specifically about it. His spokesperson said this.
1: Go. That's not a position uh, or an approach that's being done through a political prism, but through uh, a moral prism. What is right for the country? What is right for the millions of immigrants who are living in the shadows? And frankly,
0: what is right for uh, our security at the border? Uh, and what is right for addressing the
1: root causes that, uh, that led to uh, the, the crises at the border?
0: Root causes? are that many countries are out of control. People can't earn a living. What are we gonna do about it? So this is a moral issue for the Biden administration. It's a moral issue. So people are poor and they're suffering and they're not doing well in their country. You know, we gotta take them. Apparently, apparently that's what they're saying. Now, is this good? Is it a good policy? Well, it's good for the poor people who are getting hammered in Central and South America, in Africa, and Asia, it's good for them. If I were one of them, I'd certainly want to get to America. Wouldn't you? And bring my family and everybody else with me. I mean, you have the choice of living in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, and any place in America, you take America. But is it good for the 330 million American citizens? to have a flood of foreign nationals come into this country, largely unattended, costing the taxpayer billions of dollars because most of those people are gonna need government assistance, which they get. As we reported yesterday, every undocumented person in California is getting $600 from Sacramento in a stimulus check for COVID. And by the way, the refugees trying to get into the USA, have to take a COVID test in Mexico. You know how reliable that is. That'll be a reliable test. So these poor people who don't have anything, they're all going to line up and get a COVID test in Mexicali or Tijuana. Yeah, okay. Um, Once the Biden administration admits the migrants, then they get, and I didn't know this, an interest-free travel loan from the U.S. government, all right? The average travel loan for everybody who gets admitted here is $1,100. Did you know that? I mean, we had to look and look and look and ferret that out. That hasn't been widely reported, which is why you're watching me tonight and listening to me on the radio. So every undocumented person who says, I need a political asylum, gets $1,100, From us, the American taxpayer. And then they can go wherever they want to go. They're given a uh, request to show up for an asylum hearing, which they may or may not show up for. Most of them won't. Because, again, the odds of getting asylum are four to one. All right. So um, this is crazy. And any... You know, I, I always think about Pope Francis. I always think about him, because he's a big take-all-the-migrant, no walls, don't don't. You know, but that he you got to understand he has to do that, because morally his job on this planet is to help poor people. I mean, that's it. He doesn't get involved with politics or domestic uh, things in each country. He doesn't doesn't do that. But if you are a president of the United States, you have to calibrate what's good for most Americans, and this isn't. So what should happen in a sane country with responsible politicians, which we certainly do not have, is that if you want asylum in the United States, you apply in your home country at the U.S. Council. So all of these countries have a U.S. Embassy and some of them have councils as well as the Embassy. You go there, you request the paperwork and you apply. That's how it should be done. You don't come here creating a humanitarian disaster on the Mexican side and then when they get into America we have to house them you know, do you know how many thousands of unintended children that U.S. Border Patrol picks up? And, and you know, you hear the, oh, you're separating the your No, they're just here, 12, 13. They don't know where their parents are. A lot of them don't have parents. All right. They come with the caravans or with an uncle that splits because the people smugglers know if you got a kid with you, your odds of getting to USA are much better and faster. All right, so that, that's 10 minutes, 11 minutes on what the real situation is at the border. I am going to predict by September this is going to be a full-blown disaster down there. And the American people are going to be looking at one man who caused the disaster, and that man's name is Joe Biden. Because Donald Trump... He stopped most of this mass illegal migration. Also, a federal judge has ruled indefinitely that President Biden cannot stop deportations. So Biden, as you remember, signed an executive order, no more deportations for 30 days. Federal judge jumped in and says, you can't do that because you're making a law. The law says if you're here illegally, you can be deported. That's what the law says. You, Joe Biden, can't say, no, we're not going to obey the law. And so that judge reiterated that yesterday. And that is not going to be overturned by anybody. Now, Mexico itself has drastically changed its policies in 36 days. So whatever Trump did to uh, Obrador, the very, very far left president of Mexico, it worked. But now Mexico says, you know what? We're not gonna we're not gonna continue to house these people. We're not gonna do that anymore. So a new Mexican law mandates that children and families can no longer be held in immigration detention facilities in Mexico. And they're gonna Mexico's not gonna help them. They're just not gonna detain them. So they'll be, be running around the border, trying to get in here. Mexico has stopped accepting some Central American families that the USA sent back. So now there's going to be a standoff. So the U.S. start is going to take them across the border. Mexico, says, no, no, we don't, you're not going to bring them in here. And the third thing, and this is terrible, and, and this tells me that Obrador may not be an honest man, is that the uh, Mexican government's no longer cooperating with the Drug Enforcement Agency here in America on the cartel investigations. They're not cooperating. Why wouldn't they cooperate? Why would they allow these murderous cartels to operate easily in their country? Might it be that the cartels are paying them off? Now, I can't accuse specific Mexican officials. I can tell you that bribery on every level in Mexico is endemic. That's why I won't go there. I will not go there, ever, for any reason. All right? It's a corrupt country. But under the Trump administration, Mexico did cooperate on some drug investigations, not a not. Got it. So obviously, Mexico, you know, it knows there's a weak president, Joe Biden. It knows it can do whatever it wants. It feared Donald Trump. All right, so uh, former President Trump is going to speak. On Sunday, you can see it on cable, at least on the conservative cable channels. Um, you're going to give a speech at CPAC. CPAC is the Conservative Political Action Conference. Orlando, Florida. Uh, if you want to go, uh, ticket packages range from $330 to $15,000. Wow. The conference is from Thursday to Sunday, fifteen k. I don't know what you get for that, but it's got to be a signed picture of Trump, right? Got to be throwing that in. Fifteen grand. Anyway, um, I hope for the sake of the country that Donald Trump gives a speech that's forward-looking. It says, look, here are the problems that need to be solved. I don't think Joe Biden's going to solve them, but here's my vision of it. Rather than going back. And relitigating the election. Now there's one caveat to that. If I were President Trump, I would say, yes, you know, I don't think that was an honest election. And here's what we need to do to correct the problem. We, the Congress, we the states, all the way down the line. And then he would maybe list six or seven things that has to be done so that we could reform. Now, if he did that. I think people would listen. But if he just goes back and says, I was robbed in Georgia and and Wisconsin and Michigan and Pennsylvania, we heard it. Need to advance the ball. Okay. Um, So that is Sunday. So there's a poll, Echelon Insights. No idea. And they asked Democrats what they're most concerned about. Number one, Democrats are most concerned about Trump supporters. 82 percent. So anybody who supported President Trump has been demonized. You know the media has done that. Second is white nationalism, 79 percent. Systemic racism, 77 percent. Gun violence, 76 percent. The greatest hits. And that's all media-driven. That's the Democrats. Reparations for slavery. So this is picking up a little steam. Not going to happen. Not going to be laws passed to give African-American families' money directly for reparations. It's not going to happen. However, the progressive left wants the equity thing, that means favorable status, for African-Americans and other marginalized groups. They want to attach money to that. It's a little complicated. Now, in the past, former President Obama has been against reparations because he said it's impractical and it would divide the country. That's his past stance. But um, on February 22nd, he was on a podcast with Bruce Springsteen, (laughs) where Mr. Obama said this. Go.
1: So if you ask me, theoretically, are reparations justified? The answer is yes. There's not much question right? That the wealth of this country, the power of this country was built in significant part, not exclusively, maybe not even the majority of it, but a large portion of it was built on the backs of slaves. What I saw during my presidency was that the politics of white resistance and resentment the talk of welfare queens and the talk of the undeserving poor and the backlash against affirmative action all that made the prospect of actually proposing any kind of coherent meaningful reparations program struck me as politically, not only a non-starter, but potentially counterproductive.
0: All right, so Mr. Obama is right and he's wrong. It's certainly counterproductive because it would divide the country along racial lines. Um, But he's wrong about uh, slavery being the engine driver for the modern American economy. That's not true. And it's not even close to being true. So rather than give you a history lesson, I'm not going to do that. I will tell you that the northern part of America in the 19th century drove the economic engine. The manufacturing drove it. It was there where the big money was made. The agrarian South, where slavery was obviously used to enrich certain landowners, white landowners in the South, yes, that had an impact on the American economy, but not a huge impact. Overall, it enriched local people in the South, all right? So that, that's just historical truth. So to try to sell a program of reparations where African-American families would receive cash payments from all American taxpayers is not built on any kind of logical history. And plus, it's unfair. It's unfair. So in order to free the slaves, the Civil War had to be fought. And millions of white Americans were affected directly because their ancestors were killed. And those families were deprived of the primary wage earner going forward, because the primary wage earner was dead in a war to free the slaves. So they got hurt. They got hurt, the white families, because of the slavery uh, conflict. Now, it is true that African-Americans, black people in America, suffered more because once the Civil War was over, there was no rebuild among blacks. They were still persecuted in the South and in the North where some of them migrated. They were persecuted. They were looked down upon. That's true. And anybody who denies that is is not being honest. But every single group in the world has been hurt because of injustice. So Asian Americans were exploited because their ancestors built the railroads and were paid nothing. They built the Transcontinental Railroad. It was Asians who did that. Native Americans just read Killing Crazy Horse. I mean, come on. So every group, even if you're white, My people in County Cavan, Ireland, our land was seized by the British crown, taken away. And then my ancestors, two twin 16-year-old boys, had to get on a coffin ship and come to Brooklyn from Western Ireland, Galway, with nothing. So my family, which had deep roots in Ireland and had assets, they were landowners. I went to the land two years ago that was seized by the British crown. Seized. And almost every Irish person on the planet had the same story. Now, I'm not demanding reparations from London. I mean, I'm not doing that because it doesn't do any good. What this reparations does is send a message to all African-Americans that you're entitled to special treatment now because of historical injustice. But you can't do that because the entitlement has to come from someone else by tax dollars. So Obama is right and it's counterproductive. But he's wrong in the history of it. Springsteen, by the way, uh, they dropped the charges that he was drunk uh, in a federal park. Uh, They did fine him. 500 bucks. Uh, Not a big deal. I mean, I don't know what he's doing in the podcast with Obama. The former president should have me in that podcast. Then we'd have an interesting discussion. I don't think Bruce is really up to this. Could be wrong. The Kavanaugh effect, Brett Kavanaugh, all right, nominated for the Supreme Court, brutalized. Christine Blasey Ford. He did this, he did that, he did this, he did that, he did this, okay? Family, Kavanaugh family, brutalized, all right? Every left-winger in the country, guilty, Kavanaugh did. He did terrible, awful things, okay? One of those people was Andrew Cuomo. Andrew Cuomo. I believe Christine Blasey Ford. You can't confirm Kavanaugh. Well, now, Governor Cuomo accused of misbehavior. Okay. So, are we supposed to believe the accuser, Governor? Do so you believe Christine Blasey Ford? I mean, same accusation, same thing. Okay now pretty big story i thought pretty big story uh nbc news didn't cover it abc hello david muir yeah cbs news nor o'donnell Nah. not big kavanaugh wall to wall on all three evening news broadcasts how about cnn nah they have 24 hours of news. They couldn't couldn't find a place for it. MSNBC, no, I couldn't. No. no, can't cover it. New York Times. This is Me Too Central. They love, love this. A19, page A19. That's where they put the story. There comes a point, and I have reached that point. I don't know whether you have. I suspect you do, which is why you're watching and listening to me. I don't even pay attention to these people anymore. They're so dishonest. I wouldn't work for these people. And I did in the past, as you know, work for CBS News and ABC News. They are so dishonest. I mean, be like me working for uh, somebody out of killing the mob. Like the You know, the Gambino family offered me a job. No, I don't think so. What's the difference? This is the corporate media. They don't even mention. Now, you don't have to convict Governor Cuomo. You could give him due process, but to not cover it? Hunter Biden, that name sound familiar? How many more of these are going to be? I'll tell you how many more. Hundreds. We don't have a, a media in this country anymore. It's a carnival. That's what they put on every night. A carnival. All right. Uh, poll by Pew, which I don't believe, asked this question. Uh, thinking about K-12 through 12 schools that are not currently open do you think these schools should reopen as soon as possible? 40%. Wait to reopen until all teachers are vaccinated? 59%. I don't believe it. I think most Americans want their children back in school because the science says that there's no problem going back to school if you're Masked, distance, all that. COVID decline. Christmas Eve, last Christmas Eve, in this country, 194,000 new COVID cases on Christmas Eve. Okay? Two months later, yesterday, February 24th, 71,000. You go from 194,000 to 71,000. Good news. I'm glad to report some good news finally. Okay. And it's probably because 14% of us, of the population have received one dose of the vaccine, 6%, two doses. So 20% of the American population has been vaxxed to some extent. I am in the two doses because a few hours ago I got my second. It was so easy. Nice ladies in there helping me out. Uh, you know, you got to fill out a few forms. Now, I'm in a demographic category in New York State for this. There was no problem with that. But thanks to Andrew Cuomo, it was chaos in the state. Nobody knows where to go, how to do it, uh, where to sign up. It's impossible. So I asked my doctor, and he got it done for me. You told me where it was, what to do, and I did it. Now, I have told you, you need three things in your life. A good doctor who cares about you. A good lawyer who cares about you. And a good financial planner who cares about you. Three things. Three people. You need them. I need them. Everybody in this country needs them. Now, I had to fire a couple of doctors who weren't looking out for me, and I did fire them. Finally, I have a great medical team, but it took me a while to get it, because unfortunately, most people, they're not invested in other people, they're invested in themselves. But my doctor pulled this off, I am now double vaxxed, but I'm still gonna wear the stupid mask when I go into any public place, because I maybe have some bacteria. I don't know. But I think by May, that we're going to be an open society again as far as we'll be able to go to games and concerts and see people and have a meal out, I think. Buffalo, New York. Now, you wouldn't think that Buffalo, New York was a lunatic place. Working-class town, upstate, near Canada, all right? Nothing particularly different than any other working class town, except their school system. Ready? So the uh, superintendent of the Buffalo schools is Dr. Fatima Morel. Right? She has issued a proclamation that Buffalo schools will adopt a curriculum that pushes ideas about race, such as that all white People perpetuate systemic racism. All of them. All right. Morell says that America, quote, is built on racism and that all Americans are guilty of implicit racial bias. This is the superintendent of schools, who's a bigot. I mean, if she's saying this, come on. Okay. So in kindergarten in Buffalo, if you send your kids, if you're crazy enough to send your kids to public schools up there, teachers ask students to compare their skin color with an arrangement of crayons and watch a video that dramatizes dead black children speaking to them from beyond the grave about the dangers of being killed by racist police. Kindergarten. Fifth grade, students are taught that America has created a school to grave pipeline for black children, and that as adults, one million black people are locked in cages. That's people in prison, I would assume. In high school and middle school, all right, school in Buffalo, they are taught the impoverishment of people of color enriches white people. This is happening. It's happening. A well, question to you, if you live in Buffalo, is why are you allowing it? Now, to me, I send my kids to private schools. I never, even though the schools in my area are good, public schools, i got to do that. Because I know the indoctrination is everywhere. Now, some people can't afford the private school tuition, but for me... If I were a working class, I'd drive a cab. I'd do whatever I had to do to send them to private school. Buffalo, New York. Cancel culture update. Um, Congresswoman Eleanor Holmes Norton, far left loon, wants to take down the statue of Abraham Lincoln, honoring the Emancipation Proclamation of 1863. The statue was erected after a freed slave, Charlotte Scott, Fund raised to get the money to put the statue up. But Congresswoman Norton says that the statue does not do enough to honor the slave's contribution to their own freedom. So it has to come down. Now, and they did this in Boston. They took Lincoln and the slave down, Copley Square. But my thing is: well, why don't you put another statue up? close to lincoln you don't like that one congresswoman fundraise you know go to whatever they have on the internet put another one up of slaves in any depiction you want former slaves or anything else you want unbelievable so black people don't ski as much as white people and professor professor daniel krimkowski at the university of vermont in burlington says it's because of racism. There, there he is. He's a genius. This guy's a genius. It's racism because downhill skiing in America is 7% whites, 2% black. So there's got to be racism. So, I mean, I'm sorry to laugh. but It has nothing to do with racism. It has to do with poverty. It has to do with access. All right? So most African Americans live in the South. There's not a lot of skiing. Not you know, Louisiana Mississippi, not a lot of slopes. And it costs a lot of money to go skiing. You combine the two, Minnesota is all white people. All right? It's cold. And you go skiing in Wisconsin, it's good drive a little way. New England's all white. And Vermont's all white. That's the big schedule. That's skiing. That's why there's more. It's unbelievable. Bed Midler, a hater. Bette Midler hates a lot of people, and right now she has uh, depicted eight members of the Ku Klux Klan in hoods and robes and then puts the presidential medal around one of them, saying that's Rush Limbaugh, the late Rush Limbaugh, Dead Midler. There you go. So the next time you hear anything about Bette Midler, think about that. Ed is a hater. That's who she is. This day in history, February 25th, 1964, Cassius Clay. All right, not yet named Muhammad Ali. Knocks out Sonny List and shocking the world. Listen, an eight-to-one favorite, okay? The uh, fight's in Miami. Clay, 22 years old, uh, was Olympic gold medalist, and Boom. So uh, Liston, who was the heavyweight champ at the time, he did not answer the seventh round bell. So Cassius Clay became the heavyweight champion of the world, one of the most famous fights of all time. Okay? That was 57 years ago today, but that's not this day in history. This day in history is that fight was fixed. Liston took a dive. And that's one of the highlights of killing the mob. We walk you right through it. And the second fight, that was fixed, too. And what happened to Sonny Liston? They murdered him. Organized crime. It's all in killing the mob. Did you know that? Now, Cassius Clay had nothing to do with it. He did not know what was happening. He was as surprised as anybody. And soon after, he won the uh, heavyweight crown. He changed his name to Muhammad Ali. Killing Mob, you can pre-order on BillOReilly.com. We'll give you 50% off Killing Crazy if you do. I'm telling you, this book, everybody's going to be talking about it. It comes out May 4th. Quick break, back with Mail in a moment. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending... to All right, let's get some mail. Thomas Jurczyk, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Bill, how can you say Barack Obama's brilliant when he delivered 150 billion to Iran on a pallet? Thomas, it was their money. Do you not know that? The money that was given to Iran to coerce them to sign the nuke deal were frozen funds that the USA had denied Iran access to because of terrorism emanating out of Iran. So they unfroze it. There were suitcases of money delivered. I'm sure there were tax money in there, but that's what happened. Howard, concierge member means Howard has direct access to me. You might consider that. Bill, you said today in this day in history that the USA and its allies in the Gulf War could have annihilated the Iraqi army, as they fled back to Baghdad. Are you sure the annihilation of people is a philosophy you want the United States of America to be known for? Yeah, I'm sure, Howard. I'm pretty sure. It was a war. Iraq, unprovoked, brutalized the nation of Kuwait. We went in there to stop it. We did. But if they're going to do that to Kuwait, they're going to do it to anybody. And if we had wiped out the Iraqi army, then it wouldn't have been a second Iraq war. I'm pretty sure. Claudia, I've noticed that Fox and Newsmax only have Republicans and conservatives on their shows. Why? I don't know. I mean, when I did The Factor, it was a debate show. I always wanted the smartest person I could find to go up against me because it was fun to debate. They don't do that now. I don't know why. Uh, Thomas Malinowski, Palatine, Illinois, looking forward to your 10th killing book. You said you would write 10. Will you write any more? I'm working on another one, and it's another shocker. And now it will be out in October. We're, we're churning these out because it's, i, I got to get them out. Uh, James Deason, uh, Navarre, Florida, might be Navarre. Uh, Bill, you keep saying that Supreme Court rejected the election fraud case due to lack of evidence. That's not what's being reported. Uh, the court rejected the case because the petitioner did not have standing. That was Texas. That was the first one. All right, the, the latest one, 6-3 to three ruling, was there wasn't enough evidence for the court to go in and overturn what the state had sanctioned. And I told you that from the very beginning. The Supreme Court was not going to be anxious to overturn state votes unless the evidence was overwhelming. Barry, how will the California government hand out checks to undocumented people through the organizations that sponsor the illegal aliens in California? That's how the money will get there. Good question, Barry. Lisa, Bill O'Reilly is the only information I tune to on a nightly basis. Situation in our country is getting worse by the day. Don't give up. There's going to be cycles. Caroline. If Black Lives Matter is a foundation, don't they have to give away 85% of their money to charity? No. As a charity, they can give away 1%. No rules to that effect. Jason Economy, Garden City, New York. Why do members of the press favorize central government? They just want left-wing giveaways. That's what they want, and a big central government will do that. Casey Lideker, Kenanapolis, North Carolina. My wife asked me um, a good question. How is it that Dominion voting machines can sue Mike Lindell, but they, other people, like President Trump, cannot sue to defend themselves? Complicated. Complicated. If you're a famous person, I guess Lindell would be. Um, it to be hard for Dominion to win the lawsuit against him. Plus, he can do them plenty of damage if he has evidence. But if you're a famous person, that's what it comes down to, very few rights in this country. Jackie Neal, uh, Manteca, California. Um, Where is the State of the Union address? That is not given. The inauguration address takes its
1: place. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's gonna get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day, and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before, and we can rise above again. Politics by faith. Anywhere you listen to the podcast, politics by faith.
0: All right. Well, writing to us, not a via Barlet, via's and Victor A R L E T. And my theme is this weekend. Get somebody to sign up for BillO'Reilly.com. If all of you guys got one other person, our power doubles. Just get one other person. I mean, you're not getting the news anywhere else. Okay, we're back with a final thought in a moment. Okay, final thought. I do a lot of reading. I have to, to keep informed and on top of everything. It's not easy. So um, I read a book called Let Freedom Ring. It sounds like Hannity's book, but it's different. It's written by three Catholic priests. And basically the book is how to fight evil in a theological way. So it's an interesting book. And it's put out by MaterMedia.org, M-A-T-E-R-M-E-D-I-A, MaterMedia.org. That's where the book comes from. So this is a very interesting part of the book. It says, narcissism is a grave sin. All right? Within our society, we see narcissism run amok. Social media has laces stick of dynamite. We are now seeing a wholesale rejection of any objective truth. Consequently, there cannot be a God who judges. The new mantra of society is it's okay to terrorize anyone we want, as long as we feel justified in our actions. According to this logic, we should be able to despoil whoever we want if our feelings tell us it's okay. Wow, that is a good passage. Narcissism. Huge problem in the USA. Anyway, I recommend the book, Let Freedom Ring. Have a good weekend, and I'll see you soon.